We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, before we get started with the podcast tonight, I do want to say thanks to a couple of our sponsors for keeping the show on the air. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. Uh, let's see. Uh, physical Therapy and Balance Center. Check them out online at physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. Uh, on average, a private practice who joins the physical network grows more than 40%. It's pretty good growth. So if you're ready to discover how the largest network of private practice PT owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit physicalfranchise.com. That's physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, franchise.com. Uh, do you also get to retain 100% equity in your own business and 100% autonomy in running their practice? So people are usually concerned about when they're saying, hey, if I join, what do I lose? Uh, but check them out online, physicalfranchise.com. I also want to thank our friends from CBDRX for you, your CBD store. Get the ABCs of CBD. We've done some CBD-related content in the last couple of weeks. A lot of interest in this. The website is cbdrx 4 It's run by a physician, a biochemist. So they get to the root of it. Do you know exactly how CBD being used over-the-counter by some of your patients will affect their treatment plans? Do you know exactly? Well, if you're not 100% sure, Get 100% sure at cbdrx4u.com. Uh, tonight, talking about something that's a pretty hot, hot button topic, uh, PTs as primary care providers and ordering imaging. I remember back in PT school just a couple of moons ago when I was in there, this was a, this was a topic, but things are progressing. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty, find out what it's about and where we stand as a profession. So without further ado, let's get into that episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PT Pinecast. We say great physical therapy conversations on tap. Follow us on the socials at PT Pinecast Twitter, which right now is a dumpster fire. I don't know if you've been. Have you been there lately? Tread lightly, my friends. But, you know, there's some good stuff in there, too. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at PT Pinecast is where you can find us. Uh, subscribe to the show. And we say subscribe. Just keep in mind there's no fee or anything like that. Uh, wherever podcasts can be heard. A lot of people are uh, jumping on Spotify now that we can be found on Spotify. Did you know that? We're on Spotify. I don't want to brag or anything, but we're there. Uh, also, Google Podcasts or wherever the pod app you happen to be uh, to be using. And the website at ptpinecast.com. Our panel tonight, all physical therapists, but more importantly, progressors of our profession. Your profession, my profession, their profession. Uh, they truly believe that physical therapists need to lead the way and be the primary care providers of musculoskeletal care. And with that responsibility comes ordering imaging. That's what they think. So let's bring them in here. Uh, Michelle Colley, president of APTA Rhode Island and CEO of Performance Physical Therapy, no stranger to the show. Brendan Boyle, a physical therapist and faculty at Performance Physical Therapy Residency, who also developed their imaging curriculum. And Rob Worth, the past president of the state of Wisconsin, APTA, where imaging was passed first with a little bit of a hiccup. We're going to get into that. Uh, president, also president and CEO, Advanced PT and Sports Med. Let's bring our guests in here tonight. Lady and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking some time out to uh, to come and talk with us about an important topic and what important to you guys. Thank you so much for having us, Jimmy. All right, Michelle, you've been here before. Uh, Brendan, Rob, you, newcomers, but Michelle knows what comes first. First questions are always the hardest. What are we drinking tonight? Well, because I'm a lady, I'll go first. And because I want to be a little bit disruptive, I'm not drinking beer. 
I'm drinking a nice Pinot. I like and if it. my teeth turn red during the evening, you know I'll be drinking. I've been drinking enough. All right, well done. Uh, Brendan, what are we drinking this evening? What's on tap? Well, I'm a rule follower, so I brought some beer. Got the uh, Moat Czech Pilsner. Cheers. One of the, well uh, the classics. And Rob, when I say what's on tap, you're literally, quite literally, standing in front of a tap. Is that in your home basement? Is that in your home bar? I am, and everyone is welcome, and, and welcome to my bar down in the basement. Um, wow. yeah, so on tap today, tonight, is uh, New Glarus Spotted Cow. Um, it's a local home brew, not home brew, a local brew here to Wisconsin, uh, not so much head the state, and uh, fortunate to have friends and family and neighbors over periodically to enjoy it. So cheers. Cheers to you guys. I'm doing a Mick Ultra because I just bought a house. I haven't upgraded to an actual home bar, but I'm trying to save some money because now I have a mortgage to pay. So cheers to you guys. Uh, thanks to our friends from Owens Recovery Science bringing you the first round. Johnny Owens and his team. If you're looking to add uh, certification for personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training into your clinical uh, toolbox, as they say, and the equipment you need to, prov uh, to provide that safely and properly in clinical practice, find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. Michelle, we'll start with you. Uh, the topic tonight, imaging. So we'll just throw this out. Why is it important for PTs to be able to order imaging? This is this is relatively new, and we'll we'll talk about the landscape of where it's available. But why is it even important? Let's uh, let's start there. Um, it's a great point. It is relatively new, and there's many people that ask why. Why is it important? And my message is, we've got an evolving and changing healthcare system. We've got an ongoing decrease in the number of primary care docs out there escalating costs when it comes to MSK care and also the downstream costs to do with um, other chronic disease. So physical therapists are really primed to be these primary care providers, especially when it comes to MSK care. And to be primary care providers, you really need that toolbox. You mentioned blood flow restrictive therapy. We look at all the tools we have. So therefore, it makes complete sense for us to be able to order imaging so we can really practice at the top of our license. It's better for the patient experience. Um, it, de it decreases the expenses and allows us to provide better care. So really, it ultimately provides a more efficient and effective ways for us to deliver care for the people in our community. So when you talk about when you talk about reducing costs, are you talking about, hey, like there, there's one less visit? If you see your physical therapist somewhere along the line, that spectrum of care, if you would have think they would need imaging, they would then in some locations right now, in some states, they would have to be referred somewhere for that imaging. It's, it seems like it's removing a step because if the therapist is trained, if it's in their scope of practice, that's a step which might seem small, but that's lots and lots of steps. Absolutely. And it's not just that visit. Say, say someone sees me and they've slipped on and fell on the weekend and now they are unable to wait there because and there's a suspicious ankle fracture. At the current time, I need to send them to their primary care or an urgent care. The patient often has to wait. And now you not only the patient has to wait and other comorbidities can start to occur, but then you've obviously got the added expenses. And the patient not only has to go to their primary care or ortho or urgent care, they often have to go back for a follow-up visit. So it isn't as it isn't just as simple as this one visit. There's other unintended consequences of these waits as well. So right. Those so so you're, you're you're highlighting how it's going to save uh, time, which and 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 this a step, which means money, money for the system, 
we'll just call the system everywhere as well as for the patient and the rest of us. Um, but I feel like this is a step forward for PTs being looked at. And this is like something we, you and I can talk about because we're, we're sort of partial to like marketing and branding and image and communicating. This feels like a step forward for being able to show and not just tell the PT's value in becoming primary care providers. It feels like when people start to see PT, PTs being able to do that, it's more of a show. It, it's showing that value. It's showing that value and that expertise because unfortunately, when you look around the communities, people still think that we are oh, a, a referral base, like you have to get referred for PT. No matter how much we talk about direct access, which I despise that term because no one in the public actually knows what direct access actually is, so we should just eliminate it from our terminology, but there's still this general consensus you have to get referred to PT. So we need to remove that. You don't need to be referred for physical therapy. You can go straight to a provider. And if we have the tools available, because we certainly have the education for it, then why not allow us to practice at the top of our license? I know there's many providers out there that go, oh, no, this is going to relate to overutilization. But if you look at the research that's been used in the armed services, it actually shows that physical therapists are much less likely to order imaging. So again, you're looking at decrease in cost savings because yes, we'll order it when it's necessary, but the studies show, so far show that we actually utilize it far less than what many of our other healthcare providers out there. Yeah, and you mentioned um, sort of sort of the different tools, and we talked about Johnny Owens and blood flow restriction. That came from the military model. And yeah. so there's data, there's research to show, hey, when this is implemented in this small group, here's how things work. So if we expand upon it, we're, we're assuming, we're extrapolating that information that, hey, when we expand it, it's also going to be utilized in a similar fashion. Mm -hmm. Completely. You got it. See, it's easy. Simple when you follow this. It, it feels like, and I talk about, I use Amazon as an example all the time. It feels like this is adding to the value side of the value uh, cost proposition. It feels like we're just adding to one side of what we're able to do. And when we increase our value, we become more valuable. Exactly. And I mean, you, you see ongoing concerns about reimbursement and our and how we're paid. But if we can truly show our value and yep. Just and like, look at the time I spend with someone and my patients are happy, but actually from a financial standpoint, hey, we're actually getting people back to work or we're preventing these downstream expenses or stopping someone needing to see the ortho who's going to actually do more than just a simple x-ray. Um, we're adding to the value of um, the services that we provide and therefore we can advocate for fair payment. Yeah, you use that word, which is show, showing that value, not not just telling, not just being clear and communicating, but showing that value. When people can see it, they start to believe in it. Exactly. All right, let's bring Brendan and that as we kick off November that mustache into the into the equation right here. First of all, uh, thank you for doing that. I've always wanted to get myself a, a mo like that, but I think I feel like if I didn't shave six months, eight months, twelve months, I still wouldn't get anything that quality. Does the mo have a name? I haven't thought of one yet. Usually it uh, it doesn't stick around long enough for a name. Usually it's a Movember only type thing. All right, Brendan. Uh, so besides the mustache, you also um, you, you work a little bit in, in education in terms of creating content for performance PT and imaging. Talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, so performance is in the process of enrolling our first cohort into our orthopedic residency, which is comprehensive, you know, to prepare for specialist certification. Um, one course that we have in our residency is our imaging course, which I had 
just kind of a personal interest in. I liked learning about it when I was in school. And then when I was going through residency myself, I enjoyed that course. So I decided to take it on and kind of develop that curriculum. Um, so yeah, we're, we're teaching that as part of a broader scope, but there's a lot of good kind of clinical pearls that are applicable to really any PT. Um, you don't need to be a, at a specialist level to identify when a patient would need a radiograph. Um, and we do have clinical prediction rules that are validated to, to kind of prove that it's useful um, and to kind of guide our clinical decision-making. So we're not just out in the dark ordering x-rays whenever we feel like it. Sure. All right. So, so let's start off with this. You've got, you've got experience in, in teaching this and putting a curriculum together. Once we can order imaging, and there are states in the U.S. right now that can, and we'll dig into that in just a minute. But once you can, you as a, as a physical therapist, you as a clinician can order imaging, what's next? I think first is being aware of what we should do. Um, so, you know, being aware of your clinical decision rules, brushing up on your Ottawa foot and ankle rules, and, and more than that, there's different, you know, rules for different body regions. Um, seeking out some continuing education in that, which that's a big opportunity going forward, is that this is going to be a big area where a lot of physical therapists will need some brushing up if you've been out of school 10, 15 years and haven't really needed to use it in your day-to-day -day practice. So I think the, the first step that most of us are going to really be thinking about is I need to brush up on this. I need to know when I can order these images and it's going to add value to the care instead of just putting the patient in the system, having them go get an x-ray and not really getting any worthwhile answers for it. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's go the other way. I love when people are um, um, talking about something or pro something. There's always going to be part of that bell curve of the population says that we shouldn't. So what what about the people that said no? We we, we shouldn't be able to do this. Let's this is out of our scope, or let's let's leave this outside of something the physical therapist should be able to order. What do you what do you say to that, or how do you respond when someone brings something like that up? I would say that th there's a lot of research. You were talking about the research coming out of the uh, military system that th there's a lot of data that appropriate use of imaging cuts costs. Uh, it, it avoids unnecessary use of of care for unnecessary over-treatment of the patient, basically, and it leads to a quicker recovery due to less lost time. If, if I send a patient out because I think they might have a scaphoid fracture and it's negative, I can start treating them right away instead of, okay, go call your doctor and see them when they can see you and then go schedule an appointment with the imaging. You, we're talking weeks here, which really reduces the overall utilization. Um, so I would say that there's, there's data. We've proved that it already works in a smaller model, and we can definitely expand that. Yeah, I love that. All right. So you, you touched on this a little bit. Do we know how right now, if you live in a state that doesn't have the ability as a physical therapist to order imaging, you mentioned some really good, uh, some good things to pay attention to. If it's been a while since you were, you know, exposed to that content, maybe seeking out some resources, you putting together a curriculum yourself. What other opportunities do chapters and sections, maybe the APTA or state state organizations offer for something like this, if someone says, okay, I'd like to at least um, be re-exposed to this information, maybe exposed for the first time, depending on how long ago you went to PT school. So this would be a good question for Michelle because uh, she's she's the head honcho here. Um, where I'm assuming a, as these states roll this out, there's gonna be an increased opportunity to, to produce this content. I think that's a really, thank you for punting that um, to me, Brendan, I really appreciate it, but it's a really great question because I think there's many states looking at this 
and we're presenting at combined sections meetings. There's other states, small group of states that have passed this, but that's the next question. You pass it, but then you're like, how do we know that people know what to do? So there's many of us that are actually in the process of designing and having that curriculum there. And what level does that need to be? Yes, you've got those folks who are doing residency programs. That's a whole other level. But for the entry level PT, yes, making sure that the schools are, are offering it, which they are. But then you look at PTs who are old like me, like, do I really know how to order imaging? I do think, though, whether your state and whether you can order it or not, it is really important that you understand when it is appropriate. Because even if your state doesn't allow you to order it, as a clinician, if you want to demonstrate your value as a primary care provider, you better be really comfortable with calling an ortho or an urgent care or a primary care doc and say, hey, based on A, B, and C, this person requires this kind of Im imaging in these, in these films, because that's setting you up to being a colleague and a primary care provider. And I think that's where the biggest value will be in the future. I personally don't really care that, um, I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it. I personally don't care that much about having the ability to myself to write an order to a patient and comes in because I wanna be mindful if there is a primary care doc involved. I wanna be mindful if the person is part of a group. I don't just wanna go rogue and be like, yeah, I can be an autonomous practitioner and go off and do whatever I want. I want to make sure that as primary care providers, we're still part of a healthcare system. So it's just as important if I'm going to refer someone for imaging to call that, that person's primary care doc, if they have one, and say, hey, these are my findings. I'm going to go ahead and refer because I can in Rhode Island, unless you have a reason for me not to, to. or say, if I couldn't, but if my state didn't allow it, say, here's what I would recommend. Would you like me to facilitate or how can I help? So I think this is a bigger conversation. It's not just about, oh, let's pass this legislation. It's like, let's change the behavior of PTs so they're not passive providers that just go, oh, I think you need an x-ray, go talk to your doc. Cannot stand that. And now I'm going to be quiet because I'm going to get on my high horse about how PTs need to behave as primary care providers and not just these like, you know, commodity, oh, I'll treat you. And then if I don't know what to do, I'll just go back and see a doctor or see someone else. Well, I think you highlight another audience that we want to show value to. We highlighted, we mentioned it with with the patients, right? Showing value to patients, being being perceived as that primary musculoskeletal provider. I think that's fantastic. You you bring in another point. Let's use this or your knowledge in this area, where maybe someone thinks, do PTs know about that? Demonstrating, showing that knowledge is going to increase our value or our perceived value by other members of the healthcare uh, solar system, as we were to call it. Uh, let's bring in the spotted cow, Rob. Uh, how can we strengthen our role as primary care providers in healthcare? How can we how can we do that from the great state of Wisconsin? You know, and hopefully we can do that everywhere. And Jimmy, this is such a great conversation we're having tonight. I can tell you, I I am thoroughly enjoying you know, the questions you're asking, the insights that Brendan and Michelle shared. Uh, this is a fantastic conversation. And this is the conversation that we need to have as a profession. Um, so as I look back and, and reflect back some things that was mentioned earlier, so first of all, I think that PT is the best kept secret. You look at healthcare and you look at the cost of healthcare and the rising costs and you compare where the U.S. is compared to other developed countries and the quality and outcomes that we get compared to the cost and we, we are not nearly ranked where we need to be. And I think that if you look at value-based primary care, musculoskeletal care, uh, I think PTs truly are the best kept secret and we need to, one, flex our muscles a little bit, 
um, in a respectful and collaborative way um, to have the confidence to step up to that role because we can serve the community and our country in a way that I think, again, is, is exactly what they're looking for. I think x-ray is a small, ordering x-rays and imaging is a small part of that. And I think and I, I love Michelle's soapbox. I think that is so true that you know, we really need to, to step up, um, collaborate, uh, but also be autonomous and, and really show the value that we have. And a couple of quick examples I think of, um, so three examples I think of real quick is, so I've ordered three x-rays I can think of in recent memory. Uh, one was a, is we were on site at an employer, somebody had fell, um, had a wrist injury, and in, in the non-ordering fashion of PT, we'd say, go to urgent care, um, you know, get an x-ray, see a doctor, have it become most recordable, it can reduce their work comp costs, you'd be off work for a couple of days, all those things. Instead, we were able to say, hey, you know what? Let's get an x-ray, determine it's fractured, got an x-ray, ordered an x-ray, came back negative, was back to work that afternoon, put the appropriate splint on, didn't miss work, didn't have any work comp injuries, the employer was happy, the employee was happy. Uh, again, I think an example of how we can insert ourselves in the right places within healthcare and, and really make a difference. Um, you know, other ones I think of real quickly is an athlete. We had an athlete that's supposed to play Friday night football game. And it's Thursday morning, didn't know if it's fractured or not. And the, that fracture determines whether or not this senior in high school gets to play the Friday night football game, got an x-ray, it was negative, played the game, uh, you know, parents thanked us, great outcome. They won the game, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, and then the third outcome, our third example is, I think of the patient that slipped in our parking lot um, and ended up having an ankle fracture. And they were positive, followed Ottawa ankle rules, as Brendan mentioned earlier. And within one hour, went from examination in the parking lot to getting an x-ray, to having an ortho consult and, and getting the appropriate care. So again, I think, can we make a difference? Heck yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, I was going to ask, is this something the public needs to be educated about? You know, uh, I think you just told three stories where absolutely. And what a great way to educate them, which is through examples and being able to show and not necessarily just tell value right there. I think, yes. Yeah, so, so your question, I think, is, you know, should we educate the public? And I think it kind of, I think Michelle alluded to this is just because we can, I think you did also, Jimmy, just because we can doesn't mean we should. And because it's our latest you know, toy gadget in our toolbox, you know, is that what we put on our website? You know, hey, we can order x-rays. I don't think so. I, I think what we are is we, we are primary musculoskeletal providers. And part of that is ordering x-rays. I don't think, you know, we run ads saying we can order x-rays. I think, you know, we, our ads are, we can be your PT. We right. can be a musculoskeletal provider for life. And part of that is, is that we can take care of all your musculoskeletal needs and work with our specialists, work with our primary care um, and, and be a team. So I think it's more of that and less, you know, banners and you know, billboards that we can do x-rays. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes back to, and I saw Michelle nodding too, right? If you're, if you're going to be a communicator, I don't, don't focus on how you're going to help me solve my problems. Let me know what problems you can help me with, right? Let me, let me know like leaky sink, I don't care what kind of wrench you're using. I want the sink to stop leaking. Like I, I want to get the water off of the floor. I can do it in an hour. Like tell me what problems you're solving. Not don't don't focus on that on that how. Um. All right. So let's talk about this. What's holding us back, Rob? Uh, you had an interesting situation in uh, in Wisconsin. You said you had a you had a hiccup. Uh, Wisconsin being the first state that had the uh, the ability to order imaging, but then it didn't. What what happened there? Good. Uh, and, and great question, Jimmy. Um, so, and then that leads into the, you know, can we and should we and why, what are the barriers? Uh, so way back in 2005, uh, we looked at 
know, at, at the possibility of PTs ordering x-rays. And, and I think like many things legislatively, whether it be direct access, whether it be x-ray, whether it be, you know, whatever that next step is for, for our profession, you know, either from a legislative tactic standpoint, either you do it really early before people are watching closely and from a legislative standpoint and from any groups that might be in opposition, or you do it really late after it's so obvious that why wouldn't you? And we chose the former and we said, you know, it's 2005, PT ordering x-rays and imaging is part of our curriculum. You know, why are we not looking at doing it in practice? We're learning about it. We know it. You know, why should we not do it in practice? So we said, you know what, let's be very proactive and let's do it back in 2005. We had it passed through the rules and regulation process. So it's you know, a little bit less you know, high profile. So it went to our PT examining board, went to the, you know, the attorney general, got a leg legislative um, or the uh, these rules and regulation approval and got a letter that said, you know what, great, we can do x-rays. That's 2005. Most of us, you know, myself included, really didn't have you know, a comfort level at that point, at least across the practice, most PTs to be able to do this. We said, let's take this. We passed it. Let's put it in a drawer and let's get trained up. Let's spend the next five years, 10 years getting trained up. And when the time is right, that as a profession, that the mass majority has the, has the knowledge, has the ability to order x-rays, let's bring it out and say, you know what, we've trained for this, we're ready and legislatively, it's here in our practice act. Uh, so that was our plan. It was a great plan. And between starting in 2005 and a few years later, between that time, we got trained up. Uh, one of the major hospital systems, UW Health, uh, led by Kip Schick and Bill Boyce, and all some great people in our profession, yeah, helped put that into practice. So for probably three or four years, uh, one major hospital system and a couple other smaller hospital systems were having PTs being able to order x-rays. And Kip Schick and I are out for a run. We're at an APT meeting in Washington, D.C., and Kip's like, yeah, we just, uh, at this point, I think Kip was just coming into his presidency uh, for WPTA, Wisconsin PT Association. And he said, yeah, there's um, apparently a, a rule and regulation that just came out that radiologist techs cannot accept orders from PTs. So what that created is we had two rules and regulations in our state practice, and they opposed each other. Right. And and this has, as far as ranking, kind of like if you're playing cards, you know, one was a king, one was a queen, and the king outranked the queen as far as it kind of where it fell in the rules and regulations process. So lo and behold, after several years of being able to order x-rays, it was yanked from us. Uh, and it hadn't become real common yet, but we are on that clear path. Sure. So 2016, and thanks to the leadership within the Wisconsin PT Association, again, Kip Schick, kind of Kittleson continuing on as president, Brett Roberts, a legislative chair, uh, and many of the people coming together got to pass the legislative. And at this point, we went from the kind of quiet rules and regs in a drawer to everybody's looking at, you know, the chiropractic association, medical association, and everybody's, you know, you know, lobbing their, you know, their things across the fence at, at our, yeah, open up a practice act. So then it's a much bigger deal. And fortunately at that point, uh, we, we had the history on our side. We had great outcomes on our side, as Michelle and Brendan both mentioned. At that point, it demonstrated clear value, not overutilization, better patient outcomes, and we're able to get it passed legislatively in, you know, in full fashion in 2016. Uh, so now one of the barriers, which I think was your question, is we have it passed legislatively, how do we put it into practice? And I think one is you know, just the average PT comfort level. You know, two is being able to do it judiciously and, and not just using it because we can or doing it because we can, but saying, you know what, based on my examination, I think in this case, an x-ray would be helpful and not just already an x-ray automatically and getting people comfortable with how to use it you know, in their practice. And then you know, kind of finally, depending upon where your practice setting is at, whether it be a hospital, private practice, you know, how do you 
logistically put that into place. And I can tell you the difference between a hospital and private practice is very different. Uh, we you know, did a, uh, a research paper that's being submitted for publication looking at the barriers of private practice and how do you overcome those barriers. And I can tell you we had different barriers what the hospitals had. So it's been, it's been fun to work through those barriers and hopefully we're clearing a path for others to be able to follow. Well, kudos for Wisconsin, you know, being first, someone's got to do it. And I think, you know, just from just from you explaining that story and how you guys approached it, it feels like you did it, you know, the right way. And then, as you mentioned, in how some rules and regulations work in government, you know, your your queen got trumped by a king, but you stuck with it. Um, Michelle, being, being part of Rhode Island, you know, with, with Rob opening the door for legislation, how did it work in Rhode Island? Because as you learned, you know, we are a one country, United States of America, but I feel like we got 50 different sets of rules and regulations and how things work. So going from, from Rob's story in Wisconsin, there's there are a few other states that have this. We know Illinois, South Dakota, uh, Colorado. In Rhode Island, how did it go down? What's the story sound like out there? Well, you know, I like to think of our little but mighty state, as you know, and there is something called a competition that I like. And I was actually with Rob and I remember him celebrating that Wisconsin was able to order imaging. Now, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give Rob the joy of <laughs> put a little fire under my backside and was like, whoa, with Wisconsin, I don't even know where that is. Huh. If they can do it then so can we. Now, seriously, I was not the one who actually started this movement in Rhode Island. I was not in my role at that stage, um, but it was started here by our previous president, Jason Harvey, and their legislative chair, Melissa Nassani. They started working with our lobbyists on this, and, and then it took about three years before we passed it this year. We worked with our current um, lobbyists, as well as our legislative chair, um, Greg Duchette, who's done an amazing job but what we really did is we spent a lot of time working with people that we thought of may be opposed to this to make sure that by the time we were introducing it to the House and Senate, we knew we weren't going to have opposition. Right. And that meant that we had to make some changes so that it wasn't all imaging. We, we changed it to be just x-ray. And we've also got a sunset period in there, which means we really have to make an effort to collect research and information to show that this is actually not being overutilized. And, and really to show that we're collaborative providers. So we worked closely with our insurance companies to help them understand why not to oppose it and why this could actually be beneficial. Because I was always concerned that, yeah, you pass it and PTs can order it, but it's not much use to, to the patient if they go and the insurance company says, oh, we're not going to pay for it if a PT right, ordered right, it. Right. So we addressed that early on so that to make sure the payers actually were, were comfortable with this. Also worked closely with the orthopedic surgeons and we actually had the primary care docs as advocates because they were also frustrated with the fact that, yeah, this slowed, this had an impact on patient care. So our journey probably was a little different, but it was a combination of really looking at, hey, this is something we're educated in. And so why isn't it part of our practice? Right. And why can't we practice at the top of our game? And how do we push that journey forward but to do it in a way that was um, very collaborative with the payers and with the other providers. Well, you, Abe, you Abe Lincoln them, right? You made your your your, your potential enemies uh, your friends. But how did you do that? I mean, you mentioned payers, you mentioned orthopedic surgeons and primary care books. Like, were there conversations with their professional organizations, or you know, like, what's the thirty thousand foot view when you say you partnered with, you communicated with? Like, how does that happen? How does that that conversation actually begin? Well, you remember when I said Rhode Island, I like to say mighty state, but I also say little. 
And um, that means I can pick up the phone and have a conversation with most of these people. I've also been around long enough and so have many of my colleagues. So I can, you know, call Blue Cross and say, let's sit down and have a discussion about imaging and what the value is and why PTs should be able to order it and just open up those dialogues. I think there's something about us as PTs that we get concerned about, oh, but what if they don't want to talk to me? Or what if they say no? Or what if that, like, just set up meetings and does it happen the first time? No. Do you have to like work on all different ways to develop relationships? Absolutely. Does it take everything time? Yeah. It takes a massive amount of time and a massive amount of people saying no, 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 no. But you know, over the years you develop these relationships and then you can have higher level conversations with these, with these different, what I would call these partners in healthcare. It's almost as if like there's a, there's value in, being in a member of your professional organization or something. Oh my God, what a what an amazing pitch you just put out there. Oh. And no, you're completely right, Jimmy. And so many people say to me, oh, you know, what's the value of being an APTA or at the chapter level? I'm like, it's relationships and it's connections. And yeah, early on in your career, you may be like, yeah, I just want it for the professional development. I don't understand the bigger picture. But, it, and it, but over time, you discover that you make these incredible relationships that become that are long lasting. And, and when a pandemic hits, when you want to pass legislation or when you've got a complicated patient, then you've got a phone call you can have and then you can work together with these people. So, you know, for any listeners out there who are like, oh, I don't want to pay my three, four, whatever hundred dollars it is, I'd be like, it's it's like that American Express cut express ad. You can't put a value on it. Because the relationships that you develop um, are priceless. I mean, Rob, I've known for many, many years. We're in very different parts of the country. Yes, we're both in private practice. But if I wasn't involved in the association, I would never have known about, I wouldn't first of all know where Wisconsin was, let alone that they passed imaging. And, um, you know, and, and now look where Rhode Island is, you know, having passed it because we didn't like being this little state on the, on the coast and this big state in the Midwest or wherever it is, is able to do this. Well, Michelle mentions, you know, being being in a state like that and having the connections through your professional organizations in a state like Wisconsin, you can make those phone calls. Or since uh, Rhode Island is so small, I think Michelle just lifts up her window and you just yell like across the state, right? So that's, it's that, it's that mightier. Is there anything about this topic that I didn't get a chance to ask? This is for all of you guys. This is sort of like a catch all, like for everybody, like anything that you think, I always tell people like, Hey, who's our audience? Our audience is, PTs who are just interested in PT stuff, right? My mom said famously, like, you're the, you feel like you want to be the just Jimmy Fallon of PT. So with that being being the audience, it's not just PTs who are in the states that you can or on the way. What do you think those PTs, um, you know, should know about this if it's coming to their state or if it's or even if it's already there? I mean, I, I always have plenty to say, so I'll say something and then I'm going to be quiet and, and give Brendan and Rob a chance. My message to all those people out there listening is say, you have an, if you're a physical therapist or an assistant, you have an amazing opportunity to help people in your community. You have an incredible opportunity. Yeah, you can complain about how much you're paid and how much you work and burnout and all those things. And those are very real things. But step back and think about our purpose. Think about the impact that you can have on your community, on your state, on your town, on your world. And um, be proud of that because um, you'll sleep better at night. I mean, that sounds like a goofy thing to say, but, 
you know, make the most of the opportunities you have. Never say no to an invitation. The more people you meet and connect with, um, the doors just continue to open. And um, yeah, it might feel a little exhausting, but hey, you only live once, so you might as well make the most of it. YOLO. Michelle, just go in YOLO. Brendan, what do you think? What, what's something that the audience uh, should know about this? Yeah, well, Michelle had a good point about, you know, you have such a great opportunity to take care of your community. I would say if if I was a PT in a, in a state where I could order imaging, I'm in Massachusetts right now, so I don't, I don't think I can do it. But, um, you know, not only do you have a good opportunity to take care of your community, it's, it's so good for the profession. If you're in one of those states right now and you can order imaging appropriately and judiciously, you can pave the way for this to become a nationwide thing where they're just falling like dominoes and it, it really helps the profession and really gets us to that point where we can be primary care providers for anything that has to do with musculoskeletal care. Yeah. A little allusion to, uh, to what Rob was talking about in terms of st strategies, you can be, uh, you know, far on the right end of the bell curve, which is be the first ones to do it. Or you can be so far on the left, like, Hey, the dominoes are falling. Of course, we're going to do it. Uh, Rob, how is this going to change this topic in general, the things that are already set in motion with several States? How is this physical therapist ordering imaging going to change the future of physical therapy? What do you, what do you think? Well, that's just an easy question. Thank you, Jimmy, for finishing up with that one. Uh, but honestly, I, I think that I think PTs ordering x-rays, ordering imaging is really a microcosm of where we can go and what we're becoming. You know, it is it is a small component of being a manager, a, a you know, a primary care you know, specialist for your patients. So the patients can, you know, you, you're their PT for a lifetime. We have our dentists, we have our primary care physicians we should have our PT. PTs being ordered x-rays gives us more tools to take care of those patients and and have the ability to be as comprehensive as they want us to be. And again, I'll go back to just reinforcing what I mentioned earlier is that we are the best kept secret. You know, we have an opportunity to step up and serve a need that the entire healthcare community and the entire community really is looking for. And uh, let's, let's do it together. And this this is a part of it. And let's take this part and let's do everything else, and let, let's let's rise to the occasion. Well said. All right. I uh, want to say thanks to one of our sponsors, MW Therapy. Have your EMR costs grown out of control? Was your current EMR, like, invented in, like, 2007 when smartphones weren't even a thing? Uh, those one-size-fits-all EMRs also suck and waste your time. It's time for something better. It's time for something customizable, and that's MW Therapy. Take a demo now at mwtherapy.com. That's mwtherapy.com. We're actually switching your uh, EMR is dare we say easy? Yeah, switching over. If they've got better features, if they're going to help you run a better business, you should do it. So check them out online at mwtherapy.com. All right, guys, time now to do three questions. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. As a physical therapist, you've got a unique skill set with your in-depth medical knowledge and your fine touch and confidence and maybe your ability to order imaging, depending on where you live. Check your scope of practice. Uh, you're sure to make a huge impact on your patients' recoveries and long-term care. Move forward in your travel physical therapy career while you have your PT or PTA license. Let it take you where you want to go. Uh, find out what's available with Job transparency, full transparency at FusionMedStaff.com. That is FusionMedStaff.com. 
All right, so let's do three questions. We will go around the horn. We'll start with Rob. Uh, we're going to go with a where question. Uh, we, you live in Wisconsin, but where is somewhere that you, you can't wait to visit or can't wait to travel to in the 50 U.S. states? What do you got? Sure. Uh, those kind of states. Uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Croix. That counts. We'll count it. Brendan, where's somewhere you got to go going from Massachusetts? Where do you want to visit? I'd like to get out uh, maybe in the Pacific Northwest, get Oregon, Washington, you know, spend some time outdoors there. Very nice up there. And uh, Michelle, what do you think? If you dare leave Rhode Island, where would you want to go? Well, I really want to go home to New Zealand and see my family. It's been some time. But if not, I'll go see Robin Wisconsin since yeah. I've busted on him a lot in this show. Just use Google. Google will tell you how the heck to get there. Just book a flight. All right. So uh, we asked that where question because uh, all three of those locations where there are people, they need great physical therapists and great physical therapist assistance. Again, find out what opportunities await you at FusionMedStaff.com. Second question is a what question. Rob, we'll start with you. What's something you've watched or read or listened to? Anything. It doesn't have to be PT related. A book, a movie, a podcast, something you think the audience would give value from. Sure. Um, and I don't know if the audience would get value from this, but but I do, and I'll share it with you. Um, if I get to read every morning, I had a patient of mine, you know, during COVID, we all had these experiences. So several months ago, I had this 80-year-old lady that uh, had a great PT experience, and she said, I'm going to send a thank you every day. And every morning, I get to wake up, and I get a 5 a.m. email uh, that wow. is the air of the day for my 80-year-old patient um, of inspiration. I get just one or two sentence, quick read, and that's how I get to start my day every day. And she's done this every day for six months. Wow, if that's not something to uh, to look forward to, cracking open the old uh, the old uh, the the phone and, and and opening the email, I'm not sure what is. All right, Brendan, good luck trying to top that one. Uh, what's something you watch, read, or listen to? Yeah, I was gonna say mine's definitely less heartfelt. Um, but ever since uh, Seinfeld's back on Netflix, I've been working my way through that. You did you yada yada over the good part? I mean, that's a great episode. <laughs> These kids today won't understand how great Seinfeld was. Michelle, what's your what? Well, I'm going to be right with Brendan here because literally two nights ago, it's taken me a whole year to get through it with my 15-year-old daughter. We just watched the all seasons of Friends, and I you cried. Got you got to. And just recently, Gunther, the actor that played Gunther, just passed away. That was heartbreaking. Um, and then I found out for like the first hundred episodes, he never even uttered a word. But he was just always he was just always the barista. All right, that's your what. Uh, final question on three questions. Rob is a who question. Who is someone the audience should know more about? Hmm. Um, great question. Um, I would say, I think I mentioned them already, and there's probably many people. I will probably miss 100 people in this question. Um, but I would say specific to imaging, I guess that's where my mind went first, um, was, you know, it was Kip Schick and... Connie Kittleson, I mentioned four people, and Brett Roberts, the best cast of people that kind of brought it over the finish line that I think is germane to this conversation tonight. Perfect. All right, Brendan, in, in, in the world of imaging or not, who's someone the audience should know more about? Um, maybe this is kind of a cop-out because I can't think of anything too fast, but know your APTA chapter president. I know mine. It's very easy, um, but that's the person you need to talk to to get things done. Yeah, have a relationship. Your APTA president is uh, building relationships, uh, you know, in their state. Maybe have a relationship with that person. Michelle, what do you think? Who's who's some of the audience you know more about? I think Brandon was looking for a pay rise. Smart, <laughs> smart young man there. Good job. Who's someone people should know about? I'm going to get some um, high fives myself because I'm going to go for Mike Horsfield because he's president of PPS, and we have the big annual conference coming up. And um, lots of PTs and business out there. Rob obviously is on the board as well. 
And, um, you know, I think everyone should be involved with the what the business section is for our national association. Well done. All right. That's three questions again brought to you by our friends at FusionMedStaff.com. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. You can't go wrong if it's uh, led by the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. They bring you the parting shot. Find them online at orthopt.org. Some chatter on Twitter about a new CPG that was just released on there on low back pain. Go check that out. As well as current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. We say it's the perfect roadmap to take you from wherever you are in your PT career to being a better orthopedic uh, physical therapist. Some even uh, use it for that OCS. All right, check out the reading list alone for Current Concepts. Now in their fifth edition, just came out. And uh, now you can buy all of Current Concepts or you can do upper quarter, lower quarter, split it up however you want. Uh, they will not let you buy right or left side of the body. They will not divide the body that way. I'm very sorry. So again, orthopt.org. Michelle, since you've uh, done a parting shot before, we'll let you go first. Last chance for a mic drop moment or whatever you want to leave the audience with tonight. It's yours. Uh, be a disruptor, people. Lead the way and be the best therapist you can for our future generations. And that's, that's very, very mic droppy. Uh, we'll go to Brendan next. Parting shot, what do you got for us? Take advantage of your professional development. There's a lot of content out there. Go to your APTA resources that you already have. You can already learn how to use imaging pretty well. Um, doesn't need someone like me to get it all together for you, to teach it to you. It's already yeah. out there. It's already out there. Look for it. And Rob, uh, parting shot, what do you got for us? Sure. Um, Jimmy, great point. Great insightful question at the end. Um, I would say parting shot. I wish I had a shot of tequila. That could be my parting shot. I don't. So in lieu of that, you know, I would say parting shot is, gosh, we are so awesome. You know, let's, let's be the awesome healthcare providers we can be. Let's make a difference in the world because together we can do great things. And if you're not a member of the APTA, absolutely get involved. Yeah. Come on in. Come on in. Uh, thanks for giving us a little insight. I, I think the takeaway for this is if you're in a state that that has access, find out more and educate yourself. As Brendan is, you know, is showing in terms of if you if you've been exposed, get a little more education so you can practice at the top of your license. If you're in a state that doesn't, you think you should. The way to get it done is to join your state chapter or at least reach out and build that bridge, as Michelle and Rob were highlighting so much. Uh, we say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks so much for coming to ours. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology as well as a Neurologic OT Fellowship, a Competitive OMPT Fellowship, and a Speech Therapy Clinical Fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPintCast.com Created by BuildPT BuildPT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs From website development and hosting Providing content marketing solutions For PT clinics across the country See what BuildPT can do for you today At BuildPT.com 
The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.